Hello, my name is Andrew Morgan. My name is Shane Beauregard. And my name is Chris Frodell. And together, we form like Voltron to make a brand new entertainment and pop culture podcast called Recent Activity. Every Wednesday, we will bring you deep dive reviews of the hottest titles from around the film and TV world, previews of the next big things to add to your watch list, or do fun things like top five lists, movie drafts, or anniversary celebrations of your favorite classic films. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Starting May the 11th. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. Every week we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the current Star Wars canon and beyond. This week, we're finishing our Visions coverage with the last three shorts in Volume 2. This is your spoiler warning for Vision Season 2, as well as everything in the Star Wars universe. We're going to be touching on a couple properties here. So, are you guys ready to practice those high notes and heal the kyber crystals? I mean, if I could hit those high notes, I would hope that they would I hope that they would heal and not crack. I am. Um, I'm not going to try and do my Mariah Carey right now, so I'm just going to say, yes, I am ready. Your voice is not like a bell. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right, then. Well, let's punch it with our first short. So the first up today is The Bandits of Golak. This is written and directed by Ishan Shulkla. Uh, it's animated by 88 Pictures in India. The main voice class includes Suraj Sharma, who voices the older brother, Charuk, and Sonong Kaushal as his sister, Rani. Uh, for any of you out there who are language heads, Rani means queen or lady in Hindi. I love that. I love name meanings. Right. <laughs> tried to find a name meaning for Charuk, and there was nothing I could find. So somebody. I mean, she was behaving that. like a young queen who just didn't need to listen to directions. Yeah, we're going to talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for our plot synopsis today, during the time of the Empire, Charuk and Rani, brother and sister flee their home, and head to the city of Golak for refuge. Rani is Force-sensitive and is being hunted by an Inquisitor. Uh-oh. They're attacked up on the train to Golak by stormtroopers and saved by a rebel group called the Jangoris. They eventually make it to an oasis run by an elderly woman with a little bit of sass named Rugal. The Inquisitor catches up to the kids and tricks them into exposing themselves. Rugal, secretly an Order 66 surviving Jedi, defeats the Inquisitor and welcomes Rani to join her in training to become a Jedi. The siblings part tearfully when Rani realizes Charuk cannot come with her. She gives Charuk their father's flute to remember her by. Oh. It was a really sweet scene. The ending was very good. <laughs> so this one, I really liked this one. And this is actually where I get to put on my hypocrite hat. Because last time, Daniel, you weren't here, but when we talked about uh, the dark head, I discussed how I think it suffers a little bit from being too similar to the animation styles we saw in Vision Season 1, mm -hmm. when everything about the season was very different and very new and fresh. That one was a little bit closer to what we'd already seen. Now, this short is probably the closest to most Star Wars that we've seen in general, it very much done in the animation styles of the Clone Wars, Rebels, the Bad Batch. Although it does, it does take a step up, kind of yeah. like watching like the the pilot episode of Clone Wars to those last four, 
and seeing how yeah, much the anime is a huge difference. There's a huge difference yeah. in the quality of animation. And I think this one takes another big step up. Mm-hmm. But I freaking loved it. And I loved the color in yes. this one. It was so vibrant. It was it was so just a little bit different from what we had seen before in Desert Planet Star Wars. Love me a train heist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love me a random person just splitting open a cane to double lightsabers. I love Great a sword cane. Fight. Yeah, sword I love a sword yes. cane. <laughs> and it turned out to be two. It wasn't just one. It was two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved the effect of the water at the end when she like split the fountain. Mm-hmm. And there were, I just thought that there was so much to like about it. I will absolutely ding it, though, because, I mean, Ronnie... Ronnie was old enough to know better. I'm sorry. Yeah. She was old enough to know yeah. better. There were so She's many. Was, <laughs> like, if she had been, like, four or five, like, absolutely, like, you might not quite know. But mm-hmm. you are definitely old enough, and you have been raised in an environment of fearfulness mm-hmm. that you know not to use the force to steal that flute or to float your brother's food in the like, middle of on. the open-air restaurant. Come on, just trying yeah. to have a laugh like is not the move right now. No. You're no. being hunted. I would have thought it was cute if she was like you said, like four years old and was trying to help. Like she's like, oh, I can bring the food over for you. That would have been super cute. Then like oh, she's four, she doesn't understand, she doesn't get it. This girl gets it. She knows she's being a little fucking. She shit. has. She has like a nose piercing. <laughs> she does. <laughs> I mean. I, I she could like six year olds I've seen with piercings like ear piercings usually but I mean not like a nose bridge nose piercing yeah, says like nose she bridge. and her girls went to like the mall they <laughs> went to Claire's and they said I'm 13 I'm old mm-hmm. enough to get this now yeah you know no she is she went to the mall with her friends with no parental supervision yeah she knows better like come yeah, on she does she really does know better it's like I know like it's kind of like a trauma situation, but also I'm pretty sure her older brother has been sheltering her from a lot of it. Could until be. Until this like train situation. And then she's like, oh shit, they're coming for me. Like, I guess this was real. Like, yes, <laughs> of course it's I mean, real. Game time, kid. Let's go. Yeah. Like... My brother's like trying to protect you. He's out there stealing those lollipop things. <laughs> trying to get like all the attention on him. And here you are just like playing your little flute. <laughs> and shit like stop it oh yeah i was not not a big fan of ronnie like hopefully she'll grow up a little bit with rugal in charge <laughs> which would yeah. be good i did love cranky Smack jedi granny some shape. yeah exactly she needs to like have a little bit more discipline in her life i really liked that the um inquisitor looked like an indian movie villain like with the mustache like oh, he totally. was mustache twirling the whole time i loved that so not only that he's inspired also by like hindi demons mm-hmm. like yes. uh yeah artwork of them and stuff mm-hmm. i thought that was such a cool touch yes i love 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 that for star wars especially because they mm-hmm. like to take so much inspiration from like actual cultural references that was really cool like the settings the music was so good and still star wars while mm-hmm. maintaining that cultural kind of aspect which I think is good. A lot of times in Star Wars, you're kind of like, oh, it's the same desert planet again. Yeah. I wonder how the same this one will be. 
And kind of like I was saying, like visions very much, we love the giant swings that they take, but this was also a really great example of just a studio saying, well, what if like all the star Wars we know and love, but it looked and felt a little bit more like us and it still works. Star Wars mm-hmm. sometimes feels like it's a little monocultural, like you go to different worlds, but it, it all kind of feels the same, Yeah, where it's like, this is a big galaxy, there should be some variation in it. So to mm-hmm. see like actual, you know, just what if we made India in space was such a smart idea, because it is, mm-hmm. it feels, it's got this grounded in the real world aspect where you're can like, oh, this is mm-hmm. like, this is something I recognize. But by adding all the Star Wars elements to it, it really brought this specific flair that was fun. Like it just it it was its own memorable character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, Which, yeah. I think the episode yeah. stands so well in that aspect. Like, oh, there are people that are not white. in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, Yay. it's it's a good thing that this world and this setting was as memorable as it was, because like we said, uh charuk rani you two just weren't it like i'm sorry you guys were not great main characters no. uh rugal cleared you she was so much cooler the inquisitor uh, cleared them the inquisitor was so cool um yeah i i feel like maybe if we could have reduced rani's presence in the story made her just a smaller child and it was more about yeah. rugal trying to protect her Probably would have been a little bit more fun. But hey, mm-hmm. what we got was very enjoyable. And I just did want to add in. Um, I was trying to find out the if there was a specific name for like the Indian demon that they were referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't figure that out. But I did figure out what those lollipops are supposed to be. Uh, so it's a based off a thing called uh, Jalebi or Jalebi. I'm sorry mm-hmm. if I'm mispronouncing this. It's a popular sweet snack that's a like sp- uh like pinwheel kind of like that spiral thing it's fried dough that's sweetened and stuff so they basically just took fried dough and put it on a uh, stick to make it a lollipop amazing i want that now i'm here for that and that explains how they could bite into it without like cracking their teeth yeah because i was like how is this happening okay makes way more sense it's fried dough it looks like the type of thing that would be found i mean i'm gonna bring it back to re-watching these now after having seen across the Mm spider-verse mumbatton yeah (laughs) just a very familiar setting with characters and everything that we know but just a little bit of a tweak a fun tweak a very fun this just makes me want indian food now though (laughs) i mean that's fair i always want indian food but yeah watching this episode i was like could really go for something right now Mm. right Mm. god i could all right moving in to the next little bit here though the studio behind the magic so this short was done by 88 pictures which is located across several cities including toronto and mumbai it was founded in 2016 by milan d shin uh, he had spent years working in animation at DreamWorks in India in the China unit. He was a part of several DreamWorks films, including Shrek and How to Train Your Dragon. Legend. I wonder if that means he failed out of the Prince of Egypt, because that is where they sent they sent those people to Shrek, which ended up <laughs> killing it. Well, you know what? I'm glad he went to Shrek then, because thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and no stu- shade on Prince of Egypt either, because that is an excellent movie. <laughs> it's an underrated masterpiece. Um, <laughs> uh, the studio does work in animation, visual effects, and video games. Yeah. 
So they're out there doing a lot. Like they have little feelers around everywhere, which I really like. And you could kind of tell from this that they're used to doing like games and stuff like that and visual effects and probably like music video kind of stuff because it had that aesthetic, that very quick moving aesthetic, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. It was also broken up like it was like a couple of different like mini game levels. Yeah, very much so. Like you were going from arc to arc to arc, Mm -hmm. which was. Yeah, it very cutscene esque. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, there should have been a fade in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, there's a cutscene <laughs> and then it fades to gameplay, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> okay, so we've already talked about a couple of the country cultural influences. So the entire thing screams India. Like, this is fantastic, mm-hmm. the vibrant colors, the music. Um, it was basically like an Indian sci-fi adventure, like an Indian Indiana Jones. Very much here for that kind of aspect of mm-hmm. it. Like Temple of Doom without the inherent racism. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Let's please get back to that kind of Indiana Jones. Um, I still have to see Dial of Destiny. I really Mm -hmm. like Dial of Destiny. I thought it was I still have to see it. I I will go see it. I I hope that it continues the trend of the odd-numbered ones being good. Mm -hmm. I actually liked it better than Temple of Doom. I've heard that from a couple people. It's like right smack dab in the middle for me. Very, very... Mm -hmm. I was very, very happy with how it turned out you mentioned spider-verse before love seeing more like indian culture getting represented getting recognition like this is fun let's dip into like the bollywood style stuff and just have fun with it i uh, really yeah. like the we call need back to, get to bollywood more of a shot in america i love bollywood i love yeah. bollywood it's so fun and it just like doesn't take itself too seriously it's like no we're here to have a good time like just have a good time with us Mm-hmm. Our villains are going to be very soap opery, and mm-hmm. I enjoy that. <laughs> like, so long as we know what we're stepping into, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, the kids in Rugal, of course, were standing out with their more kind of like traditional Indian clothes with the bright colors. Loved, loved Rugal's like jewelry game. She mm-hmm. was killing it, absolutely killing it. Um, I want I love... to wear my kurta again. That was oh, yeah. so comfortable. I wore mm-hmm. one Coffee to a clothes. friend's wedding. The most comfortable clothing. And like, I just felt free and loose mm-hmm. and it was breathable. We Light need more of this style in America. Yeah. Yes, we oh, do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Pants are oppression. Yeah, exactly. Normalize wearing like dresses and skirts because much, much cooler in the summer, y'all. And then the last little bit, Rugal seems to own an Indian style roadside restaurant, which in India is called a Daba, which I'm like, yes, get after it, lady. Like, tell those guys to settle the fuck down in your restaurant. <laughs> So, not too many droids this time, uh, but we did get a lot of alien characters. So, not many not many creatures. We do get some things, though, some horse-like ones that kind of look like the Favirs from Last Jedi. Um, I was a little bummed. I wanted to see some more droids, but, you know, I it's know. good. I, we got to see some good aliens in uh, in the crowd, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah the train little... was like all in all aliens. Yeah. I, I I did have a little bit of a uh, an eyebrow raise moment when the horse horseback alien, the pirates, the rebels, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. and those horses were able to catch the train and the speeders. I was like, mm, did I miss a I line mean, where the train had to go slower? Have <laughs> you <laughs> not seen? Uh, oh gosh, why is the name blanking on me? Roadrunner. Uh, oh, me, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roadrunner and Coyote. Like, have you not seen that? Come on. <laughs> Maybe because they were going like into the gorge, they had to like slow down a little bit. Yeah, the Maybe. curves or something. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm gonna suspend my disbelief just for this one. Time. 
<laughs> I'm going to just simply uh, believe that it's Roadrunners. Yeah. Okay. The Roadrunners. Road and, Runner and they are doing a train chase slash train yeah. heist, uh, which is just like we've seen a couple of times in Star Wars before. We had probably the best uh, sequence in Solo, a Star Wars movie, was the train heist. Mm-hmm. Should have been the whole Absolutely. movie. <laughs> and then in the Book of Boba Fett, we did get the train heist in the desert, which was a really cool sequence. Probably before, the best episode of Boba before Fett. Before Boba Fett decided to do like seven other things instead of just being about Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> but trains <laughs> are a really common and just an easy way to move goods around a single planet. Mm-hmm. Which trains is are sick. You think I they're going to be just like all spaceships and stuff. But no, we get the cool train sets. Where's the Lego More Star trains, Wars train? Please. <laughs> we would I mean, like to see the trains. I get to talk I about like Lego Star Wars later, later Colin. General. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what is Star Wars without a wise old Jedi, though? Uh, we get Rugal taking Ronnie under her wing. So she's going to teach her more about the Force. You know, this is just like Obi-Wan and Yoda accepting Luke into training. Uh <laughs> It is interesting that she still goes by the old Jedi idea that Padawan shouldn't contact their families or be with them during training. So, uh, all right, Char, could just go figure it out, man. I don't know. Go to Golok or something. Like, you're not my problem anymore, kid. Up until the moment where she had to leave him behind, I was like, oh, this looks like it could be like they could just straight up stick this into the path that we saw in Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was like, nah, get out of here, kid. You're old enough to take care of yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> Here's the keys to my restaurant. Like, at least give him something. All he's got is a flute. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? Go play it on the side of the road. Make some money. I don't know. Oh my god. The force is telling me you're not my responsibility. <laughs> Says every deadbeat Jedi dad in the galaxy. You got one extra totally seat on my that. speeder, and it's not for you. Get you're the too big. fuck out of here. <laughs> Only have a sidecar, and it's very small. <laughs> uh, oh what a gosh. wonderful Jedi. Uh, um, Rugal also reminded us of Jocasta New from the Fall of the Jedi era. Jocasta was a stern and strict librarian, but was also a super adept fighter. So I gotta love a cranky old lady. Just like, get out of my library, bitches. <laughs> get out of my rest. Get out of my restaurant. Yeah. I liked her look. I liked her sass. Didn't like her not taking Charuk with her. No, at least take the interesting sibling. I know, right? <laughs> he could have talent. We don't know. <laughs> yes. And then we have that restaurant, which looks like it could very well be a take on a wretched hive of scum and villainy. <laughs> Golak has a very distinct most Eisley feel. With all the different aliens, everyone seems to listen to Rugal, so maybe it's a little bit more like uh, Mas Kanata's place during the sequel trilogy uh, yeah but she's definitely not as mean as a hut but you get the feeling that a lot of shady shit goes down here oh yeah totally she has oh, yeah as long as she's getting paid yeah exactly look like nobody careful, gets then you might just be said oh. look nobody gets stabbed here and we're all good like everything else just keep it on the down low yeah exactly you want to play cards that's fine gambling i don't care like for real. If you're gonna do a little snortsky in the bathroom, just sweep it up. Like <laughs> that's the thing. Just don't let Clean me up catch you. Yourself. Yeah. Don't let insult me catch my you. food. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's wonderful. 
until the Inquisitor shows up like a douchebag. His costume seems like a combination between that kind of usual Imperial uh, Inquisitor style and a British officer. The British occupied India from 1858 to 1947. So it's fitting to have the villain wear something British. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. This is absolutely like, oh, yeah. yeah, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you, Britain. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, if anyone is is the empire besides the U.S., it's it's England. Like, if yeah. it's not the U.S., uh, it's England. Come on. Yeah. It know. is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we finally got May the Force Be With You. Charuk says it as he's walking away playing his father's flute. So... That was nice and one of the most like directly tied to Star Wars ones to get something so overt from the movies and from the series. So yeah, that that was a good way to close it out. Yep. Of the old religion. May the <laughs> <false> be with you. <laughs> All right. Next up we have the pit. Mm. <laughs> this is directed and written by Leandre Thomas with a directing assist from Justin Ridge. It was animated by Dart Stagio. Stagio. Yeah, Stagio. Okay. <laughs> uh, and Lucasfilm. The main voice cast includes David Diggs, who voices Crux, uh, Annika Noni Rose as Eureka, Rebels veteran Steve Bloom also lends his voice as the villainous commander, and Matthew Wood voices the various stormtroopers. Steve Bloom, so iconic. I, I heard that immediately. I was like, yes, my boy. <laughs> Be like Zab, stop that! <laughs> yeah, I'm like don't. You're on the wrong side. So this one is the darkest of the series. Uh, this short is set during the time of the Empire. A large group of Imperial slaves are forced to dig a massive pit uh, looking for Kyber crystals. The crystals are used to build a nearby city. And once the slaves hit the bottom, the troopers leave them to die. They just leave them in the pit. Uh, yep. Crux tells Livy that he will escape the pit and ask for help at the town. And he banes his way out of that pit. Like, he free climbs it. He manages to get the citizens' attention. Uh, but once he does, he's dragged back to the pit by stormtroopers. And they just toss him down to his death. And I thought for a second, I was like, okay, well, he's not going to survive that. He's the main character. What are we doing? And then, no, he's just dead. Yeah, uh, he dead. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, he's just gone. dead. And he's gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. And he's gone. I was not expecting that. So Livy inspires her fellow slaves to call Fall of the Light, which echoes to the townspeople. They arrive at the pit, overpower the troopers, and rescue the slaves. As they depart, Livy shows she is Force-sensitive, making a kyber crystal glow. In a post credit scene, uh, the pangolin crawls over the land where the pit once was, and a graffiti-style painting is on the wall uh, depicting Crux and Livy. I love a pangolin. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. The, the I mean, pangolin, the pangolin was very was the helpful. Part. He was very helpful. I, I appreciate him. Yeah, this is probably my least favorite of the yeah. of the volume. And I liked most of the animation. I liked I, I like a, a good 2D thing going. Um when Crux was climbing, there were a couple of points where I thought he had like Mr. Fantastic level stretch going on that I was a little confused <laughs> by. And I, I can see what they were going for with this, but I, it just didn't quite click together. I, I have way too many questions mm -hmm. about this. Like, yeah. The, the, okay, so the people in the city don't know that there's a mine within visual distance 
of their city where this Kyber is coming from when they start digging the pit like for a while you can see that there's a ramp so how how were they getting in and if the ramp is now gone how are they getting in and out every day were they like living in the pit somehow why is there just why is there just the one pit i know that they had the thing at the very beginning when he's like kind of like sense the he has a sensor saying oh this is where we dig but are you really just gonna abandon the planet because your one hole is now gone it it just there's Can I so also many, jump like, into nitpick right now. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, Please, part. Daniel. Okay. Like this is okay. the one that just is the most open to nitpicks. So I understand what they're going for. It's a good concept, but how the fuck is just counting uh, or is just uh chanting follow the light the what draws them over? Like Anders, you're right. It's it's in visual distance. You guys can see that, but like it I, I don't understand. Everyone heard and they're all concerned, but then they don't do anything when they see a man arrested in front of them. Mm. But a bunch of people chanting follow the light is what makes you decide finally, okay, let's now go out there. Like what the, was that supposed to be the force calling out? Like, I think it was was meant to be, I think it was meant to be a little bit more. The force is meant to be a little bit more like metaphysical. Like they're just, they're manifesting them coming out there. Like they were poorly done. Poorly done. Yeah, this I think is the it was problem. Poorly done. Yeah. This one suffered the most from its runtime. This is a concept that needed to be stretched out. We yep. needed to understand the gravity of their situation. They're trapped in this pit, but it doesn't feel like it's that big of a deal. Even though, where's their water? Where's their food? What is happening? Like, why uncuff them at all? <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm why confused. Not just if you're just gonna let them, them die. Yeah, if you were going to let them die, just like, I don't understand. It, it They didn't set the stakes well enough. They really right. didn't. It, it This one needed more runtime. And Colleen, you have something in, in your part that I want you to hop onto. Because okay. I, mm-hmm. I'll let you go. Because, yeah, there's some stuff you say that I'm going to respond to. Yeah, this one was really hard to watch, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the animation was very, very good. Love 2D, love anime style. The character designs were really good. Loved the yellow jumpsuits for the prisoners. Brought me back to a little, little show called Andor. But it was just so depressing. Like this, this felt more bleak than any Star Wars we've seen. And Star Wars has plenty of darkness. But this had barely any light, like at all. Even at the end, you're kind of like, good lord. Like, he's still dead. Like, he's still dead. You're all traumatized. You were all slaves. Like, oh, yeah, it just, who just know, like, this, and the stormtroopers killing Crocs without a second thought. I'm like, yes, of course, that is going to happen. The city people don't question, though, when the stormtroopers, like, attack and arrest him and throw him down an alley. I mean, that's also real world relevant. But you're watching them drag him back out, like, the front entrance of your city. And you're like, oh, I guess that's fine go throw him back in the pit i just like i want to see something more like this on andor like develop it a three episode arc maybe would be good so that's that's what i wanted to hop on to this is too serious of one to just do a short 18 minute on like this is this was too serious of a of one it just it skimmed over too much stuff of what truly makes this impactful uh yeah this this 
is a good proof of concept of an arc. This yeah. this should be treated something much more seriously like Andor. Uh, the animation was beautiful. I like that style. This was just not the medium I felt like to tell that kind of story. It just felt too rushed. It didn't. I, I don't want to. I don't like the pace. Need to, yeah, I don't need to sit in in suffering and misery to get it. Like I understand these people went through terrible things. It just felt like they brushed over it so quickly. And it it felt like there were very little consequences, despite Crux dying. Like Crux dying was was big, but you really didn't feel any other consequences for any of these other people. Like everyone got out in the end, and like you you didn't really see what they had to deal with down in that pit. Right. So I just wanted something a little more serious. And also one other nitpick because this was so fucking stupid all these villagers walk up to this pit and they've got their little lanterns and they can see everyone down there and then they all just walk away and then the ships come down and we get this little fake out moment of oh no they're not gonna i actually did then they do help us no no just say something you can just be like oh we're sending a ship down well, that was an, okay, but okay. So in that one, in that one, I'm going to give another nitpick, Daniel. I'm going to give a nitpick. <laughs> how how deep is the pit? Like, can you I mean, actually yell down? Can you actually yes, yell down there? Yes, because they established already that Crux did that. Did he really though? Yes, Crux yelled down there, and they all acknowledged it. I thought like, that, I thought that that was just because he got out. No, they acknowledged that they could hear something. Like if if you set that up earlier in the episode, come on, they could at least like it was so dumb that everyone just walks away from the edge. Like everyone walks away from the edge just so we can have the dramatic moment. Like that's that's what bugs me. Where I was like, oh come on, like you guys are just this felt contrived. Like the manipulation me, was too much. <laughs> it took me out of the moment because I was like, that's unnecessary like you just unnecessarily made everyone go oh no like i don't know that moment took me out of it i just like yeah because they were really worried about the kids and then all of a sudden it was like did they just say fuck them kids (laughs) right it's like you're so worried about these kids but then you just walk away like ah whatever the ships will get to it like just i don't know stand on the edge and watch the ships come down or something i don't know I'm, i'm dwelling on this for too long the point is i had plenty of nitpicks on this one I because there was a good core of something in there, it bugs me that it wasn't executed as well as I know yeah. it could be. That's what's so frustrating is that it of, is a great concept that just didn't hit the mark. It was a bit of a waste of David Diggs. Yes. Right? David yeah. Diggs. What a what a talented man. All right. So the studio that did bring this one to life was Dart. Uh, it was founded in 2016 by brothers Arthel and Darnell Isam. They sought to revolutionize the Japanese anime industry by introducing westernized elements of art and storytelling to the Japanese standard of animation. Maybe that's why I responded to it a little bit more. Uh, the studio is now based in Tokyo and is the first ever black-founded black and western-owned animation studio in Japan. Really cool. They've been working on some big anime titles. You might have heard some heard of some of these. Attack on Titan, Fire Force, Tokyo Ghoul... I mean, that's sick. I mean, this this studio has promise. I would like to see them work on something more full fledged because I know that they could do something good if they have a like a full 
show. Yeah, I agree. I think they need, because they're still a very young studio, they need some time to like marinate and do their own thing. But I think it takes time to to work really good. Very much enjoyed how they styled it. All right, next we have country cultural influences. This is also going to be dark, guys, just to (laughs) forewarn you. Uh, while it's a Japanese studio, the New Juicy Born founders have a different flair to their work. The animation in this looks anime-inspired, but there's also this realism to it that's often missing from traditional anime, which is why I think Anders doesn't um, like I'm it quite it. as much. Yeah, like the realism for most anime is not there. They have giant eyes, like let's be fair, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. I love giant eyes anime. Uh, one thing this short reminded me of was World War II Japan and how terrible the Japanese troops were uh, they were terrible to pretty much everyone but really yeah. to China, their neighbor uh, I've been reading the Poppy War trilogy everyone read it, it's amazing and the first book ends with a devastating event taken directly from early in World War II in December of 1937 Japan invaded the Chinese capital of Nanjing during the second Sino-Japanese War this is often called the Nanjing Massacre or the Rape of Nanjing Japanese soldiers mm-hmm. committed numerous atrocities against the people of Nanjing, destroying the city, massacring its people, basically just like laying waste because they thought yeah. that the Chinese people weren't people. Like they were like, oh, these people are they're lesser. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters if we mm. destroy them. It's considered one of the worst war crimes of World War II, estimated that over 200,000 people were killed. They're really not sure because a lot of the bodies were destroyed, mm-hmm. set on fire. A lot of them floated away. Uh, while it's not a direct corollary to the pit, the stormtroopers' behavior and actions can definitely be considered war crimes. Yes. Like, this was just yeah. semi terrible. So they, they left the people in the pit to suffer and die because they thought they're lower. They're not worthy of our mercy. It doesn't matter. They're just pieces yeah. of machinery that we can leave behind. Dark. Yep. Yay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. This is such a dark short. And like you said, Daniel, I think it really needs a lot more attention. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm critical because I know that there is so much good stuff in the core of it. And I yeah. want to make sure that's stressed, yeah. is I know that there is something good here, and that is why I was critical, just to put that very clearly. Yes. yes. And they do do some really good things. Visually, this short is still pretty gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. the way they contrast the absolute barren landscape of this desert and they managed to build this absolutely beautiful kyber infused colorful city out of it Mm -hmm. there are a lot of different alien species in that city Mm -hmm. so we get to see that coexisting really well yes it's like a a blessed city almost it is they just you know don't have any black people they're all in the pit Mm. because the stormtroopers are racist shitheads Yes. Yeah, pretty much. God, don't you love the stormtroopers? <laughs> well, in things that we actually do love, droids and creatures, uh, <laughs> we do get a little droid helping unearth the kyber crystals uh, with stormtroopers, but that is an imperial probe droid. We don't yeah. we don't care for them. No. Uh, what we do get though is an adorable pangolin who helps Crux get out of the pit. You know, making him the little so uh, holes. <laughs> wonderful it was like one of the few cute bright moments of the episode where i was like oh this is sweet i like this uh it's like a tiny version of the badger moles from avatar the last airbender so that made me happy uh and then you know the rest of the episode happened and then 
the mood yeah. went down again. But for that brief moment, the pangolin brought me joy. We still had the pangolin. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. always have the pangolin. All right. Next up, we have our Star Wars connections, callbacks, some of the things we haven't mentioned yet. So biggest one in this episode is digging for Kyber. The Emperor is always on the looking on the lookout for Kyber, usually because he needs to power a new Death Star. Uh, but if not a Death Star, then a whole planet. The First Order hollows out the entire planet of Ilum for Starkiller Base. Uh, searching for Kyber is definitely uh, a major plot point in Lego Star Wars Freemaker Adventures. Go watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> it is really good. <laughs> very, very good. Please sometimes, go save the Kyber. <laughs> sometimes you just need a hut to, for his mining skills, you know? I mean, they are worms. <laughs> they should know how to dig. <laughs> okay, I don't know about you guys, but I thought that the city looked like the Emerald City from The Wizard of Us. It definitely had a vibe to yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, it did. I was like, oh, hmm, interesting. Because in uh, Gregory Maguire's um, <laughs> Wicked series, the Emerald City is full of rich assholes. <laughs> I'm guessing that's kind of what this is, too. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is in, kind of is in the movie too. A little bit, but they're way more helpful. <laughs> they still send Dorothy out to murder someone, but I mean, only fine. when they've deemed you you're pathetic enough that they can let you in. Yeah. What's a little bit of light murder, though? <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Oh man! So speaking of some light murder, uh, I've seen this story before. Uh, the old man says this to Crux about going to the city for help. He doesn't think the people will help those trapped in the pit, and for good reason. During the Empire's reign, those in high places did not care about the plight of the poorer people. Uh, we saw this in Andor when the wealthy people of Coruscant didn't care who took over, since it doesn't affect them. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. Slaves yeah. are going to be slaves, I guess, says yeah. the entire galaxy. Yeah, there's really just nothing you can do about it. I guess not. <laughs> but you know what? Some people can do something about it. They can climb out of that damn pit. Mm-hmm. I was very happy for Crocs when he managed to get out of there. Very totally Bruce Wayne, Dark Knight Rising. Yep. But he has some help from that little pangolin-like creature. Maybe he had a little bit of force sensitivity. He was able to kind of call it without realizing it. It digs the holes out so he can get his, his hook footholds and his handholds. Definitely a highlight sequence of the episode. So yeah. I'm I'm sorry. I know this is very disrespectful, but mm, you think the pit is your ally. I was born in it, molded by it. <sighs> yeah, so... I, you said Bane, and I couldn't help it. I just, just I also, okay. I'm sorry. I'm going back to nitpicking because, <laughs> yeah. like, because we see Crux arrive on the planet, and the pit's not that big. No, at that point, so they. So it's like, it, how long does it take? How long? Because he doesn't really age that much when he go with how much he they manage to bring down, and they build up the whole city. It doesn't seem to realize what's who's like forgotten about the pit. There's again. I don't know. Maybe building is quicker in this i don't know yeah the droid labor built the city. yeah droid labor there you go yeah but we can't god forbid we have them dig for kyber no well i mean not. you need a more delicate hand for that yes and droids are too expensive for that for mm-hmm. slave labor <laughs> Good God, droids can, droids can only build up they can't dig down that's right unless they're a digger droid 
And even then, we can't use steroids for digging. Are you insane? You know how expensive that is? What if they're C-3PO like and they're too prissy for it? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, C-3PO would not I'll be get able to dust do in my servos. Oh, God, yeah. He'd be collapsed after like the first day. Ugh. Okay, so there was like a little bit of hope at the end. I do like the idea that the light side of the force lives in everyone and can be reached. Like it is possible. I like that idea, that little tiny glimmer of hope that was I mean, there. And then of course, give me, I mean, it did give me very much, very strong vibes of like V for Vendetta in the finale sequence mm-hmm. when they're all marching through, through straight through the stormtroopers. Yeah. Yes, I see where you're going with that. Okay. They're like, we're on live That's television. Fair. You yeah. can't shoot people. <laughs> we are, yeah. we are stronger together. And it does take. I don't know. Maybe if we just had like, if we'd seen like the first person to yeah. take the step to to head that way, it would have been cool. Yeah, it was the old lady. <laughs> just a little bit more, please. Uh, well, speaking of someone we are going to get more of soon, and I can't wait. The graffiti in the post-credit scene reminded us of Sabine's work in Rebels. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait to see our girl pretty soon in Ahsoka. Yes, she better paint something. Yeah. Please. There better be a lot of painting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our last short today, our last one of volume two is Ao's Song. Very sweet one here. Very cute. <laughs> Written and directed by Nadia Darius and Daniel Clark. It was animated by Triggerfish Animation Studios in Cape Town, South Africa. The main voice class includes Mpilo... All right, I'm sorry. Jean Gier? Jean Gier as Al. Uh, Tumisha Masha as her father, Abbot. And Alfaba herself, Cynthia Arrivo, as the Jedi Kratu. Her voice is so nice. I cannot wait for Wicked. Speaking so, of Emerald I did cities. not realize that was her. Well, that blew my mind just now. Mm-hmm. So the, the plot of this one is... Not long after the extinction of the Sith, which is an interesting place to start this from. So the people of Korba, a mountainous planet, are helping mine kyber crystals for the Jedi to heal and purify. All these kyber crystals have been corrupted by the Sith and, you know, they're volatile and all that. So a young native girl of the planet named Au, uh, Au, it was... Ow. Yeah, ow. <laughs> there was like that little bit of extra on the end that yeah. they did, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I'm hard, this is hard <laughs> to do. Uh, she has a mysterious connection to the Kyber as they respond to her voice. Her father warns her that uh, singing is dangerous and tells her stay away from the mines. Like just keep keep back. Finding another entrance though to the mines, Owl begins singing, and the Kybers resonate with her. A bot interrupts her, and the cave is starting to collapse. So they make their way out, but, you know, things are still collapsing. It's very dangerous. And this is when the Jedi Kratu attempts a rescue, but it's not needed. Ao finishes her song, and it heals the Kyber. Realizing that Ao is Force-sensitive, Kratu offers to train her in the Jedi ways. Ao leaves her home planet, waving goodbye to her father as the first one of her kind to go study with the Jedi. No, guys, I really liked this one. I really did. It was so adorable. And now I've talked a couple of times before as to whether or not a short is 
burdened or blessed by being similar to things we've seen before. Uh, and while animation-wise, this one does not fall into the, the category, the plot and the substance of this episode um, is helped greatly because it contains something that I am pissed we never got to see before. So in uh, Tales of the Jedi, during the Ahsoka shorts, mm-hmm. we did not see her cure the Kyber crystals after her mm-hmm. fight with the Inquisitor, which mm-hmm. is like, as soon as I realized that that was the sequence we were, that that was the story we were telling in that episode of Tales of the Jedi, that was the one thing I wanted to see. Yeah, it was literally the only thing yeah. I could have done. I didn't need to actually see the fight with the Inquisitor. I just wanted to see her cure the kyber crystals and it didn't fucking happen we were robbed (laughs) and so we saw this here and which just instantly made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside i loved seeing that i loved seeing the curing of the crystals having it resonate uh be connected to her voice i thought was a really interesting choice and a cool Mm -hmm. touch i you know, again, I'm connecting back to the Freemaker Adventures because Rowan has a special connection with Kyber Crystals and they call to him. Very much having that kind of literalized with the song was really cool. The kind of felt style animation I thought was really interesting. And it was just a really sweet story. And it was great to see how, you know, ultimately embrace what her father was trying to get her to suppress because he didn't understand it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And her dad was safe on his home planet, unlike Ronnie's brother, who's yes. stuck in the middle of the desert. <laughs> yeah. He's still so, at his house. Yeah. A place where he's good to go. He I, doesn't have a job really anymore, though. He's not. Yeah. Well, I guess he's still mining the Kyber. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure there's more. There's got to be like, he can dig it all out now. He doesn't have to worry about it blowing shit up. <laughs> right, exactly. I The placement of this one is perfect. After the pit, you needed it. You needed something to like lift your soul back up because the pit was a literal pit of despair. And this was like, oh, we're rising into the mountains of hope. Yay. I'm here for that. Um, I love the animation style. It felt like you could like reach through the screen and pick up the characters and like hug them. I wanted to hug Ow so badly. She's so cute. Um, I liked that it was stop motion, but that it was different from Ardman. It had that, it was less cartoony, giving it kind of a more serious feel, which is, it's, Ardman is still amazing. Ardman's there for the comedy. This one is there for this, like, sweet, innocent, just heart, and this little girl, and it was just so badass. I don't know if it should have been the end of the entire series, but where it was placed after the pit was a good choice. How about you, Daniel? What did you think? (laughs) So, have you guys ever seen that Family Guy clip where they're all drowning and Peter's uh, telling them how he doesn't care about the Godfather and everyone's like, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my first thought when I watched this. I was like, this is fine. I don't care for it. I, I'm sorry. It is perfectly adorable. I understand. Like, the animation is beautiful. Yes. Yeah. I don't really care for the felt design of them, <gasps> to be honest. Did not really care for the design of them when they zoomed in on them. I was like, this it feels off from the animation around it. And then I thought Kratu looked great. I thought That's she looked good. great and she looked and she felt good with the world. Like she felt like she belonged in the world. 
the way they were designed just felt off from the rest of the animation. I thought it looked beautiful. The world looked great, but I just wasn't feeling the design. And I'm I'm sorry, maybe this is just because I've, I've seen too many kids show up in Star Wars stuff lately, but like I'm over following small children doing like <laughs> cutesy things like this. I've, we've, we've seen it so many times recently in Star Wars that I'm just like, I don't, this isn't what I'm here for. This is something that I'd love to show my niece and it would be adorable. And I, that's great for her. This just isn't for me. It's not one of the ones for me. Totally understand that it was well acted. It was well animated. Just not for me. I'm so sorry to the, to these people. That's okay. I think the pit destroyed you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pit, I was like, Oh God, this is. So I was both sad and had a bunch of criticisms for the pit. And then I was like, Oh, and then we get this cutesy thing. Like, I I was almost annoyed by how cute it was after. <laughs> See, that's so, why you need to watch the other episodes that you I missed. Know, yeah, <laughs> I know. So I just. Because yeah, they'd be like, it, we needed the cuteness. Because some of the other episodes are real dark. <laughs> it was perfectly fine. It was just, yeah, it was just not for me. It wasn't your cup of, of yeah. what do they call it in Star Calf? Calf spotchka. Yeah, it wasn't your spotchka. bottle. It wasn't your jug of spotchka. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this episode was developed by Triggerfish, which was established in 1996 by Jackie Trowell and Emma Kay in Cape Town, South Africa. They're a stop motion studio. And they do also have an office in Ireland. They produce TV and films, uh, including SEAL Team, Adventures in Zambezia. And Revolting Rhymes, they've been nominated by the Academy and the BAFTA Awards for their for their work. So they got skills. They, got they skills. do got skills. Pretty gowns, beautiful gowns. Yes. If anyone knows I mean, that Aretha Franklin reference. <laughs> I love Aretha. <laughs> SEAL team, when I was looking this stuff up, looks really cute because it's like the military SEAL team, but it is SEALs. <laughs> like art, art, SEALs. I'm like, I want to watch this. Okay, that's kind of great. (laughs) Because that kind of creativity is what I'm here for. Um, Country cultural references. The reason, Daniel, that these characters might have looked a little off is because they are meant to look like dolls. The creators wanted the story to feel like it was a child actually playing with their toys. So they were inspired to make Owl look like the African dolls they'd seen growing up. They were also inspired for the landscape by South Africa's Chapman's Peak. The plant life was based on the Finbos family, which looks kind of like succulents, like all the little plants that were all over the place, flowery succulents. The peak is a really beautiful scenic spot in South Africa. I was looking up pictures and it looks a lot like what they did for the short. And the plants are found in Western and Eastern Cape provinces of South Africa. So they weren't like wanting to be too like into putting African influence into it, but they wanted it to be enough where you could tell where they came from. That makes me understand the design of them a lot more. It also makes me understand why I was not feeling this one as much. If they wanted the story to feel like a child playing with their toys. I love my niece so much, but I have played so many Barbies with her. And I don't understand where her mind goes sometimes. And I just, children have weird ideas of playing. And maybe that's where I was just like, what is going on? 
sorry, I'm not five anymore. I don't have that mindset. Maybe I do need to be a little more childlike. Maybe I just talking to his niece like there's no arc here. There is no there's no arc. Why did a lion just show up at the pool? Why did a lion show up at the pool? Because he was hot, Daniel. Anarchy. (laughs) You know what? I just need to embrace my inner child, apparently. (laughs) No, I also have questions when kids are telling stories. I'm like, y'all, you lost your narrative like halfway through. Yeah. You have no story structure, Mama. Let's work on this. Oh, did you guys? I mean, if you want to talk about things that kids say, I mean, did you guys know that tornadoes poop lightning? I did not know that, but I you know, know what? That makes a lot of sense. It makes a the lot. Latest of sense. I heard from my nephew. Yeah, oh, I man. mean that's Kids just science. <laughs> I of course responded back. Does that mean that they fart thunder? <laughs> yes. 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 Yes, they do. Yes. I'm glad that you encouraged this. Oh, completely. Someday I'll tell you guys about me, my 13 year old nephew, and the um the displacement of ranch theory. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait to hear about this. <laughs> anyway, about moving back to this short and its use of color, mm-hmm. which this short does actually a very great job of. Beautiful. There's so much color here. The landscape, the kyber crystals, having that kind of dark red going to the white. Um, the like aura that goes off Al as she sings. Mm-hmm. Her people are just they're full of brightness. Some parts of the short have kind of a Wes Anderson animation feel, but they uses a lot more vibrant colors than a Wes Anderson piece does, which is probably why I like it more than a Wes Anderson piece. Like Fantastic <laughs> Mr. Fox. It really I, reminded me of that one. I just, I'm not a Wes Anderson fan. I'm it's not a fan of his new movie. I'm not a very fan bad. of his of, of his whole aesthetic. He has a very specific feel It that does. he's going for. And there has it, been a clip floating around Twitter of uh, uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel recently that has me cackling every time I see it. I cannot wait to watch more Wes Anderson stuff. I personally love how absurd he is. And you know what, Daniel? Love that journey for you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, we get some more creatures in this one. Not really any droids, but... We do get Al cleaning some really cute lice. Like that—that that was surprising. <laughs> Off of the uh, giant dog elephant, which in and of itself, oh my god, so beautiful. I want that I plushie. Want, <laughs> I want to hug it, and yeah, I want that plushie so I can cuddle it at night. Um, do I have plushies that I cuddle at night? No, but I want that one specifically. Um, I do. Not gonna lie, um, helps me sleep. <laughs> yeah i just take a long body pillow and then i just like snuggle it yeah yeah that's fair it In does short. not have darth maul on it as much as i wish it does. <laughs> <laughs> my oh. long pillow is just a shark plushie from ikea it's huge <laughs> oh blahage it is blahage i just learned his kids everywhere I just learned his name yesterday <laughs> Uh, because someone made a Baja Blast, and but instead of Baja Blast, Blahaj Blast, uh, someone made that reference, and I thought that was absolutely wonderful. I'm here for it. I love, oh, every love that shark. <laughs> love that shark. All right. Well, we don't have too many sharks in this short, no. but we do have some other Star Wars connections and callbacks. Uh, starting with the fact that this is the 
very first short I think we've seen this season that actually has a bit of an opening crawl that mm-hmm. very distinctive Star Wars opening explanation setting up the story. Uh, I thought it was really effective here. Yeah. Really put you into the world. Like this was the kid telling you their story of what we were going to be playing that day. Mm-hmm. Yep. Giving you the explanation before you ho- yeah, you hop in. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we talked about this a little bit already. The healing of the Kyber crystals. Ahsoka has done this before. Um, you have to read the book in order to see her do this. Uh, you are able to heal kyber crystals that have been bled by the Sith. Owl uses the power for voice to influence the Force, though, into curing these crystals. She doesn't have Ahsoka-specific Jedi training. Uh, she just has this innate ability to heal with her song. Like, And the blood kyber crystals seem to call out to her, like all of them, not just one, like the Jedi Padawans have to do on Ilum in the Clone Wars. They're looking for one specific kyber crystal, Nope. Every single one of these, like, in pain crystals is like, please help me. Help me, small sing child. Sing to me. Yes, sing to me. We love your voice. And this was one very eerie, kind of scary part of this short, where they scream Yeah. when Ao is interrupted by her dad. Like, she is stopped singing, and they're like, yeah, no, we're not all about that life. This is like Beyonce fans storming the stage. <laughs> we paid for this concert <laughs> and you are going to finish this set, mama. Exactly. Oh, so Kratu telepathically communicates with Al in this episode. And I thought that was one of, I think that was my favorite moment is that I just thought that was so Star Wars. It just felt so perfect. Um mm-hmm. So she reaches out to her because she can feel Al reaching out to the Kyber. And it's this neat little moment. And it is very nice until you remember at the end, she is yet another Jedi making a young person leave their family to study the Force and abandon their family. So Jedi still have some problems. Yeah. Nobody's learned anything. But you know what? (laughs) Yeah. Al can handle it. Mm-hmm. She's a pretty strong girl. She is a total master of her environment, just like Rey on Jakku in the openings of The Force Awakens. Ao is very capable of getting around a very rough terrain. She knows her territory very well, and she knows how to use it to her own advantage. Mm-hmm. So just be careful on those slippery rocks, please. Well, she, did, she did fine. She lost her helmet. Yeah. <laughs> she, didn't, she didn't fall. She's like, oh, 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 oh. I like how she covered her mouth there, too, because she was kind of screaming. And she's like, no, you said not to do that. So she covers <laughs> her mouth so she won't scream. Oh, this precious bean. She, I, I wish that she could have a longer story also. Um, our last little callback connection today, we get another good father character in Star Wars. Not a lot of them, guys. Not a whole finally. bunch. Finally, um, we get one. Yeah, we finally get a good one. We're always excited to see a dad. Just like, you know, being a dad, being a chill guy, like not chill at first, but at the end, he's like, yeah, you know, you got to go do your thing. I'm not going to hold you back. He's not out there chopping off his son's hand. He's not that is that. nice. That is, we appreciate <laughs> the the not loss of limbs. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Able to let go. Good job, dad. <laughs> All right. So next up, my favorite segment here, we have our power rankings now. <laughs> Daniel, you were not with us last last time, and unfortunately correct. you're behind on your rewatches, so I am not going to make you rank these three plus the three that we covered last week. 
um, right. because I know that those three are not fresh in your mind and we need to, <laughs> you, they need to be fresh in your mind for this to work. That's fair. That's fair. So we're going to skip you, your ranking of the first three still stands, Screechers Reach, Stars, In the Stars, and Sith. I mean, I still put all three of these below those ones. All right. Yeah, but I'm sorry. That just... We still need an order. Yeah, I, I need to watch you struggle <laughs> with some pit, of these. Bandit's Pit, Owl's Song, and for those three. So it would still be Screechers, uh, in the stars. In the stars, Sith, Bandits of Golok, Pit, Owl's Song. Okay. Except, except I I did rewatch Into the Dark Head the other day because Into the Dark Head was really sick and I've been watching a lot of anime and I like that style. Uh so that one was really cool. Into the Dark Head has to go second. I'm sorry. So it goes Screechers Reach. Into the Dark Head, Stars, Sith, Bandits of Golok, Pit, Owl Song. I know we said I wasn't going to do it, but I have I had it right there. Okay. Oh my God. You do know Dark Head is currently my last. <laughs> you know what? That's fine for you because I've been watching a ton of Demon Slayer recently, and that fight scene felt like some Demon Slayer stuff, and it was Very pretty sick. So, so I loved it. All right. So, Colleen. Yep. We're going to start here with Bandits of Golok. Okay. Your current number one spot is Darkhead. Mm-hmm. Yep. You gonna keep going? Yep. Bandits. <laughs> All right. Next up, you have Spy Dancer. Lower. Next up is Into In the Stars. Lower. Next up is Sith. Lower. I am your mother. Lower. Screechers Reach. Lower. All right. Your current last place is Bandits of Golok. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the pit. Starting at the top, Darkhead. Lower. Bye, Dancer. <laughs> Lower. In the stars. <laughs> Lower. Death. Lower. I am your mother. Lower. Screechers Reach. Lower. Bandits of Golok. Lower. Lower. Just like throwing crux into the pit. Yeah. Gonna hit the bottom. <laughs> and Sorry, everyone. Last, we have Ow's Song. Starting with the Darkhead. Lower. Spy Dancer. Lower. In the Stars. Lower. Sith. <laughs> Ooh, it's getting harder. <laughs> this one's harder. Um, I'm going to go with Lower. I am your mother. Higher. All right, so there it is. So, uh-huh. Colleen, your final rankings for Volume 2 of Visions. The Dark Head. Spy Dancer, In the Stars, Sith, Ow Song, I'm Your Mother, Screechers Reach, Bandits of Golak, The Pit. I'm feeling good about it. Yeah. I'm feeling I, I good. Think... All right, for me, starting with the Bandits of Golak, my number one is currently I Am Your Mother. I'm keeping I Am Your Mother at number one. Cute. Next up is In the Stars. I'm keeping I'm keeping stars where it is. Spy Dancer. I'm going to put Bandits of Golak here. It is currently my number three. Okay. Dang. I I love Spy Dancer, but there's just something about Bandits that just I I love. It hits. Yeah. The Pit, I'm pretty sure I know where it's going to go, but, you know, we got to go through the exercise. (laughs) 
It's going lower than I am your mother, lower than stars, lower than bandits, lower than spy dancer, lower than Sith, lower than Screechers Reach, lower than Darkhead. It is in last place. <laughs> Darkhead, not last. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Anime good? <laughs> yeah, Anime, my brain. I am being Anime converted. Star Wars, fine. <laughs> Ow song. All right. I am your mother. Eh, I am your mother. Still number one. Uh, in the stars. Gonna keep there. Bandits of Golok. Gonna keep there. Spy dancer. Gonna keep keep that. Sith. Ow song versus Sith. This is where it tripped me up too. <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard because. And we talked about this like when we first discussed Sith, like how much of this is like the the plot and the content of Sith versus just the straight up visuals on it. Because the visuals on Sith are incredible. Yeah. Amazing. They're absolutely beautiful. And I think this time I'm giving it the edge. I'm gonna keep Sith where it is. Screechers Reach. I like Screechers Reach, I think, more than you guys. I'm gonna keep it there too. But I am you putting like it more than me. It's my time. Daniel stands at the top. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but you're still missing a couple on your rankings. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> but I am putting out song above Darkhead. Okay, that's fair. So my final rankings: I am your mother in the stars, Bandits of Golak, Spy Dancer, Sith, Screechers Reach, Owl Song, in the Darkhead, and the Pit. I'm feeling fair good. Yep. I like it. <clears throat> Feels good. All right. So before we go today, guys, this is our last one for the for this. Uh, season of vision or volume mm-hmm. yes visions volume two blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just general a couple of general thoughts on if do you guys have any closing thoughts on this volume as a whole what do you think you would want to see in a season three assuming visions keeps going i hope so i would love I, to yeah. see more animation studios like different countries get even more aspects and cultural moments in star wars like more from South America, more from Africa. I want to see, or like, how about Australia, New Zealand? Do we have any studios from there? That'd be really cool. Yeah, um, I I would like to Kyber. see some places. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, I want to see places. Uh, less Kyber, less. Even though I love the idea of young women going out and becoming Jedi or Sith, I'd like to see different characters too. Like, I Am Your Mother did so well because it focused on non-Jedi characters. Mm-hmm. And I think they can really go somewhere if they I... look at different aspects of the story instead of just this Jedi-Sith dynamic. I agree with that. I'm also going to throw in the two things that I think would be really interesting to see out of another volume would be, number one, our first sequel. Mm, yes. So a continuation of a, of a short that we had had before. Yeah. I think that would be cool. I think especially Volume 1 had a lot of great potential for that. Yeah, I agree. Ninth and Jedi, then... anyone? Yes, Ninth Jedi, please. Someone inspired by Owl's by song, I would. I think stop motion would be the best uh, medium for this. I, w- I kind of want like a silent one. Ooh, yeah. Without, like, with like Ooh. barely like any dialogue. Yeah, something like a Wally, or I was I kept kind of our song this time kind of brought me back a little bit to like Prometheus and Bob on Complam. Um, so that is that is a great idea. I love that reference. 
that is not where I thought you were going for a second. I was thinking silent film where like stop the picture to like show the text. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. I mean that could I, be cool. <laughs> Doing an animated version I of that. I kind of cool. wanted that. That would be fun. Oh man. <laughs> Daniela, oh, what about you? I just now I have it in my head. I want like an old timey, like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties style. Imagine like the goofy like has have any of you seen the 1940s uh Wolfman with Lon Chaney Jr? No. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a fantastic movie. Some of the effects are so funny because it's like this is clearly the 1940s. They don't have the budget for this, but like it still is a great movie and it's still compelling. I mm-hmm. kind of want to see like an animated Jedi <laughs> Sith fight. They can't really do it that well because they don't have the technology to animate oh it that God. well, but it's still like being serious. That's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. That is such a niche thing that I want after Anders saying he wants a silent <laughs> one. Um, that's never going to happen. I just needed you all to know what's in my heart. I, like um, I, I loved the first season. It was really fun. I'm glad that they decided to expand to a bunch of different studios around the world for season two, uh, volume two. Sorry. Let's keep that up in volume three. Um, anime is fun. Been watching a lot of it recently, but getting other places to have some shine that don't we don't traditionally associate with animation is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd, I'd love to see some more South American and some African studios like you were saying, Colleen. Mm-hmm. Um, even some like European studios that we don't necessarily think about, because I know there's probably a good amount of like Western European studios and like France and the UK and all that that are big. But let's see some Eastern European studios. What mm-hmm. what do we have in Scandinavia? Like, let's get some places like that that are a little less represented in, uh, you know, Western media and stuff like that. So I would just I want to see as much variation as possible. And let's see a lot more culture in it. Like that was really fascinating. I think that was a really rich part of it is when they uh in either volume, when they put as much authentic cultural feel into it, it made it much more unique. It made it a lot more fun. Like you, it, like we were talking about in Bands of Galak, the world felt like a character in and of itself. Right. I want more of that feeling where it's like it inspires you. You want to learn more about this place in the real world. Like yep. that would be fantastic. Um, other than that, just give me more innovative stuff. Like give me not everything hit for me in this one, but like the idea of sound purifying kyber crystals, yeah, like a very New interesting force abilities, concept. yeah, like it was a very interesting concept. I, I recognize that it's not for me, but I understand that they executed it well. Give me more stuff like that, even if it, it doesn't hit for me, it's going to hit for someone else. I want there to be a variation of stories because something that doesn't resonate for me obviously resonated for you guys. Like it's all about variation. So mm-hmm. keep it up. Don't make it stale. You know, it did get a little stale when a lot of this was Jedi versus Sith. When I'm like, everyone's like, all right, we see a lot of the same through lines. Maybe we mix that up a bit next volume where it's a lot more varied. Yeah. Let's get maybe, some droids. Maybe when episode. they do the pitches. Droids, yeah. Maybe when they maybe when they do the pitches, Disney does come back and say, you know, we got three of those already. We yeah. like you guys. Come up with come up with something a little different and then mm-hmm. pitch us again. 
Yeah. Or give us like three pitches for or three we different save things. one of these for another volume where it's like, yeah. okay, this is good. We have too many like this. We'll put this in the next one. You uh, just sit tight, little bird, and uh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> exactly. I like it. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to throw in there before we go? I think just yeah. keep making visions. Keep giving people the opportunity yeah. to tell stories. Yeah, Different exactly. Stories. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to find some great gems throughout here. I and it's not just because I want to see more Star Wars from imaginative view like viewpoints. I I want to see that a lot. But also like this is going to really I hopefully put some more studios in, on the map and in front of people in ways that they're yes. not going to like some of these studios I would never have heard of. I wouldn't have no. gone and looked them up mm -hmm. even though they've been working on things that I love. I just want to see more studios put in the in front of people so it in like hopefully leads to them getting more uh things to work on so right. yeah just keep doing this so it, it, it's a springboard for people <laughs> to keep you know telling fun stories and and building something from and I who knows if agree. we find some really good stuff in there maybe you might find a studio that you say hey you want to stick around and develop something for us uh more permanently like that that would Do be a fantastic it. outcome <laughs> so lucasfilm hire some of these people please yeah Whew. okay you guys we are done with visions thank you so much for joining us you can find us on twitter and instagram at yaswpod follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts hit that follow button check out our previous episodes on the main star wars film and other great star wars content Check out the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can also find Anders, me, and occasionally guest star Daniel on Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. Join us next time when we will probably start with the first episode of the Ahsoka series. Yes. Cannot wait to see our girl in action. I'm ready. I'm so ready. August, please come here. Until then, though, everyone, remember... Don't be afraid to raise your voice. Mm -hmm. Great metaphor everyone. for the Visions project as a whole. <laughs> exactly. Raise our collective animation story voices. <laughs>